Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, you know, there's uh, challenges are along the way. Um, with this pandemic, um, we don't see it ending soon. But our dream is to, to really see a finish line. But for us hoteliers or for us in the restaurant business, we have to innovate to survive. The goal is to survive this year and to, to stay afloat, to, to give opportunities for our people to work. And um, let's just focus on survival mode to make everybody happy. Let's just enjoy. It, it's not a business anymore. It's like about let's just enjoy what we're doing. <laughs> And good evening, good afternoon, good morning from wherever you're watching from. My name is RJ Ledesma and welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. Again, thank you so much to everybody uh, listening from all over the country, especially to our good friends from Cebu uh, watching here tonight. Maayong gabi. Thanks so much for watching us. And before everything else, let me just let you know a bit more. If you're watching the RJ Ledesma podcast for the first time, in my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, and can we hack those success, success secrets, how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in the new normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Especially tonight, I would love to interview more Cebuano-based or Visayan entrepreneurs here on the show. Please introduce me to them. Please let me know. Drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and of course, the Bounce Back Network. Now, before everything else, I want to just note something that I'm very, very happy about. That comes September 16th on Thursday, we're going to be going to a new classification here in Manila or the rest of the country with regard to how we do our community quarantines and we'll be on alert level four. And we here who belong to the restaurant owners of the Philippines, we are very, very happy to hear that with these new classifications, that while Metro Manila will be on alert level four, we can finally reopen our restaurants and our food industries for business. So again, palakpak and thank you so much uh, to the IATF for allowing us to reopen our businesses. So under level four, uh, outdoor or alfresco dining services will be permitted at 30% capacity. And that is exactly uh, what is uh, Mercato Central all about. My business, Mercato Central, we are an outdoor market. We are reopening. Uh, in Uptown Bonifacio in Taguig. We would love if you guys could go there. At the same time, we are also open in our Mercato United Kitchen in Ayala Mall, Circuit Makati. All the dining there is al fresco. Choose from 15 plus vendors when you dine over there in the Mercato United Kitchen. At the same time, indoor dining services will be allowed at 10% capacity and can only be for those, it, it will only cater to those right now who are fully vaccinated, vaccinated rather, against COVID-19. So again, marami marami salamat for the consideration to the government. We really appreciate that. That will go a long way in helping many of the restaurant businesses get back on their feet. Now, at the same time, I also want to say uh, that tonight we've got a very special offer for all of you. I know that a lot of uh, micro, small, and medium enterprises, MSMEs or small and medium enterprises, SMEs are listening to the show here right now. Uh, you're finding ways to help uh, digitally transform your business or also you want to be able to accelerate the digital transformation of your business you're looking for ways to do online payments to do e-commerce to create your own marketplace if you need to and if you're looking to level up your business here right now our friends from globe business can help you out globe business has sme 
digital solutions. So just on the road to digitalization at the Globe Business Online Shop, I've got a very special code for all of you. You might see it here on the screen right now. Nathan, if you can flash my very special promo code, that's glbe.co slash mybizshop-rg. Again, that's uh, glbe.co slash mybizshop-rg. So again, thank you to everybody listening from all over the country. Really appreciate you tuning in to our show here right now. Now, at the same time, I've got a very special guest all the way coming from Cebu. Uh, my virtual guest tonight is the general manager of the Cebu Grand Hotel. And he was also the previous president of the Hotel Resort and Restaurant Association of Cebu. And he's currently right now a member of the board of trustees of this association. His name is Carlos Suarez. And Carlos is a leader of an industry that was greatly affected by this pandemic. I'm sure right now we all know the story already by now of what's happened to our friends in the hospitality industry. Cebu Grand Hotel continues to revitalize the hospitality and restaurant industry in Cebu through digital solutions and new strategies that they're trying to create. Now, more than that, what they're trying to do here right now in Cebu Grand is to ensure that 100% of its workforce are vaccinated. They're doing promotions that are adapted to the changing needs of its customers. During this new normal, I really want to find out what are these new promos that they're doing and what are the new customers that they have uh, during this period of the new normal. How did Cebu Grand and, of course, the Cebuano hospitality industry manage their business and their business models during the new normal? I am sure you are all curious to find out. So please welcome on the show, Carlo Anton Suarez. Carlo, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you, RJ. And uh, thank you for having me. And uh, good morning, good evening to all the listeners of uh, your podcast. Maayong gabi in the language of yeah, thanks for coming. And by the way, I want to let people know, they're seeing my hat here right now. Many wow. members of the restaurant owners of the Philippines, I'm sure even there in Cebu, we've got some people who are also members of the group. Uh, we all proudly wear our fully vaccinated hat. So this, to, just to let you know that we are welcoming all of you back to our establishments and that we made sure, we made efforts to make sure that all of our teammates, our employees were properly vaccinated so that they can serve you. Yeah, so just to show you right here right now, that's a, our Resto PH hat over there. Hopefully, nice. more, hopefully also some of the hostel and restaurant uh, owners there in Cebu uh, join us here at the our Resto PH or the restaurant owners of the Philippines. Now, moving on to the questions, the biggest question here right now, Carlo, is this one. What exactly happened to, to the, the hotel industry? How have you, particularly Cebu Grand, how did you have to pivot during this time? Tell me the story. Okay, uh, when, once, the, once the pandemic hit, Locked down across the country. What did you guys do? Well, uh, well, I'd, I'd like to share to uh, to the listeners. It was a very good. It was a very uh, tasking decision. When uh, when the pandemic happened last year, what we did is uh, what everybody did is number one, maybe temporarily close. Number two, to die to down downsize manpower. So mm -hmm. what we did, what we did in our property is okay. This is this is the plan. We downsize to survive. We temporarily close for about three months, four months. Wow. Wow. We reopen again as an isolation hotel because the need that time last year in Cebu, COVID was really, you know, really bad. The cases were about 200, 300 per day. And we were, Cebu was in need of an isolation hotel to help declog the hospitals. Because in the hospitals right now, uh, last year it was all full. And to declog them is to put them on an isolation hotel. So when we had an isolation hotel, you know, it was amazing. Business was good. We were surviving. Oh. Yeah, we were surviving. And at the same time, it's, it's also a heartwarming feeling for us because we've been helping the, our fellow Cebuanos, you know, live, uh, live with this virus. When they're sick, okay. they can just check in. So just to ask a question, so during the peak of the pandemic, so you closed for three months, so that's, that's March, April, May, right? And then people were filling up the hospitals and you became a sort of like an isolation facility. Who exactly uh, could stay in the hotel? Because my presumption is that, of course, only people who are probably asymptomatic or, or with mild cases could stay in your place because the, the hotel isn't uh, built to, to, to take care of people. How exactly did you guys manage that um, having them stay there, making sure that nobody was going to get, you know, infected or sick, especially among the hotel staff? Well, yeah, it was a good, uh, you know, decision. It was a business decision. 
about resiliency and uh, to be innovative. Uh, we did a 360 degrees because if you have a hotel, you have a full service. And when we did this in isolation for, for uh, quote-unquote asymptomatic patients, we had to review our guidelines, change the policy, and um, hire doctors for our uh, medical doctor. We hired nurse to run the whole uh, facility. So hot the hotel is run by my team for the rooms and for the isolation uh, policies and procedure, how to run it, we hired a medical doctor to, to oversee the operation. Oh, wow. So that was yes. the immediate sort of pivot that you made. How did that how did it impact you guys at once when you guys had made that change from uh, I guess really be, being a tourism facility or hospitality facility to becoming an isolation uh, facility? Uh, I mean, in, in broad strokes, uh, did it affect the 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 how much you were charging them? Did you have to charge a special rate now for the people coming in if they were gonna use it as an isolation facility? Um did it, how did it affect the bottom line? Uh, well uh, the bottom line shocking. It was good, it was really good. Because wow. when you do an isolation hotel, the patient pays you directly. So that was the best. That was the good side about it. That the patient pays you directly, and at the same time, we were running about uh, 30, 40 percent every day for isolation rooms. For occupancy, you mean? Yes, for occupancy. Oh. So that that means that uh, when you said it's very good that they pay you directly, uh, what that means is that usually when it comes to the hotel business model much of the income goes through, much of the payment goes through middleman services or, I guess, aggregator services before it goes straight to you. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. You have a third-party uh, booking engine that goes, that uh, the, uh, the guest books there and pays, pays the hotel. So there's a, a small cut. By doing an isolation hotel, you're just running it at your own, privately. You tie up with hospitals. You tie up with the different LGUs for those uh, asymptomatic patients who wants to be admitted not in the hospital, but in a hotel. At least they have a, a different setting. It's not like a hospital setting. It's a hotel hotel setting, but uh, modified, or we call it hybrid. Uh, nurses comes in and out, but only three times a day. Uh, the same, you know, with, uh, with all PPE to be safe. But it was really a good shift. When, once we did that shift, amazing. It was good. Wow. And then when you did the shift, can I just ask, because this, this is really what, you know, I didn't realize really just how big the benefit of them paying you directly was because, you know, I belong to the uh, food and beverage industry. And as you know, the aggregators and delivery aggregators also take a specific chunk out of your, out of your sales, right, before you can actually sell to customers. Uh, more or less, I mean, not, not you have to tell me specifically the number, but just how big a chunk is taken away by the aggregators as well or the, or the search engines uh, where you are part of in terms of the total price? Yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, minimum 15%. 15 to 18%. So wow. by, by doing so, by erasing that 15 to 18%, the profit is higher, the yield is higher. And at the same time, when you do, when doing this kind of business, it's like a so-called ho hospitals, but hotel service, it feels better. It feels better helping the society already, like giving back to the society just to for, for us to recover with this uh, COVID-19 virus. And then you were saying that about 40% occupancy so the rest the 60 percent was vacant basically during the time or were there other people staying in the hotel aside from the people using the uh using it as a uh, isolation facility for asymptomatic were the other, uh, were there other people staying there as well uh, well our staff are all in-house so when we opened when we when we started the business occupancy was 40 percent and it was slowly going up we even reached about 80 percent a day 80 percent oh. a day and um you know your margin for one month is way very good than the previous uh, non-COVID months. So it was like, okay, this is this good. <laughs> At the same time, we're we're helping out the uh, fellow subwans. But again, when you do an isolation hotel, your restaurants are closed. You you can't serve. You're not open to the public. But we just we're open for our hotel guests. How did, how exactly did that work? That's going to be my next question right now. Since you're working out like a hybrid facility, how now could you? Uh, ensure that those who were asymptomatic or in the room, they could not leave the rooms, obviously. So what yes. you have just prepared meals going there. What were the additional, I'm sure there are additional costs right now because obviously the margins are better, but now you're paying for doctors. Now you have to do additional hygiene and sanitation. Then you also, the, the service is different now. You, you can't actually have people serving there. So what were these sort of changes you had to make or other, other costs or differences that you had to make to make sure that you would meet 
I guess, uh, protocol quality? Well, uh, uh, there's two kinds already. Um, number one, all our staff should be, you know, we were lucky because we were under an isolation hotel and we were given uh, by the Department of Health Region 7 here um, vaccination program. So we were the first that was this March. We had uh, all our staff are all vaccinated by Sinovac. Uh, number two, we have two, two sides of the business now running the hotel. All the people here are in-house and the medical side, medical side of it. For our food section, our kitchen is open, but for all packed meals, everything is all packed. No more, uh, those gone were the days that we really pay for a good service, good quality service. So it was all packed meals. Housekeeping was different because we had to um, dis disinfect, you know, times two, times three disinfection per day just to really maintain the quality and this and uh, to be safe in the hotel because it's very dangerous, you know, especially uh, viruses. Uh, with this kind of vi virus, we don't know if it's airborne or on the touch points of, uh, of the room. So we really did to... Uh, to beef up the hygiene. How did you, I'm, I'm just curious, how did you disinfect the rooms because somebody is staying, not, not like before, the hotels, you could you could actually come inside and, and clean up the room, right? Because the guest would be out of the room. But now, not only is the guest in the room because he can't leave, but he's got COVID. How did you exactly, how did you guys clean or disinfect the room uh, in that situation? Well, yeah, well, uh, it's, a, it's a different story. Because once this uh, patient comes out, we, we go into the room. We go in in the next 24 hours. So we go in. The guest checks out. We let uh, the room stay for 24 hours. Then our uh, house, housekeeping staff comes in with full PPE, with gloves and all, masks, shields and all. And we do uh, disinfection. So we have a uh, misting. We, we do misting for the rooms. For the bed sheets and all, we, we mist the bed sheets and we keep them. And we don't wash them right away. We have to we have to follow a protocol of 24 hours. We let them stay uh, outside in the heat, and then we wash. Because there's really a well, in terms of hygiene, it's quite expensive in a little way. But again, the way we we run the business right now with a lean and mean operation, it's kind of on a win-win situation. I'm, I'm, I'm very so basically you do not you do not clean the room while the guest is there. No, no, you you can't no, come in. You can't, you can't come, come in. At all. Okay, got that, got that. Uh, that was my own experience over here when we tried to do, you know, a temporary stay in the hotel, just, you know, yeah. like a staycation lang, you, you, the, that nobody was coming in to clean the room during the time. Very interesting. So let's go back again right now. The model was that you were able to pivot to becoming an isolation facility three months into the, into the pandemic. And, and when you did that one, uh, when you pivoted that, that way, you know, uh, you were able to get more people to come in. 30, 40% were, were coming in at the same time. And then were you able, then the numbers started going up. Uh, did, did you, so did that mean that you have continuity of, of business? The income stream was good. Were there any, anything else that happened to you during the time? Uh, did you start bringing in as well? Uh, like I'm sure there are a lot of OFWs who were coming back home. Could they also use the facility? Could it still be a place for a staycation? Tell us a bit more what happened and uh, what's the current status today of, of Cebu Grand Hotel? Well, yeah, with with the current status now, and uh, with the blessing of our Department of Tourism, we we do have the multi-use uh, license or a multi-use access that we can serve an isolation hotel and also a quarantine hotel, but uh, with a fine line of different entrance, different exit, and different elevator lifts. Uh, currently, that's what we're offering now for our guests. We have um, three floors. That are for isolation and another, another three floors for uh, OFWs and also returning overseas Filipino. Well, so so and what's the overall? How much is the occupancy right now? If combining both the uh, the the isolation facility and the and the quarantine facility. Uh, currently we're running about seventy percent. Wow, seventy percent. And how would you compare that, let's say, versus uh, a pre-pandemic? Well, pre-pandemic, depending on uh, depending on the season or depending on the month. For us, Cebu Grand Hotel, we normally run about 60, 60, 65, 70. But, you know, we're just very lucky with this uh, opportunity, an isolation hotel and also a quarantine hotel. This quarantine hotel, we normally they we get bookings from the from the overseas Filipino welfare. It's it's doing us very well. It's a so uh, Good business for survival. Okay, so basically, the you you're just talking directly to the OWA now, unlike yeah, before. Run me through it before. So let's say, for example, how how would you generate clients pre-pandemic 
And now, how are you generating clients now in the pandemic? Well, uh, it's different before because you have to talk to different uh, booking engines, booking sites to really uh, spread the wor wor uh, word about our property. Right the, now, booking, the booking engines are the are the key uh, are the key customer yes. drivers before. That's like how much percent of the business comes through the booking engines? That's about for us about forty percent. Forty percent, and the rest where 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 where's the other where where the other client drivers? Who where does the uh, business come in from? We, we have uh, corporate accounts and also government accounts. Okay, because yeah. uh, our property is located in an uptown area, so uh, it's more on the the business leisure type. Okay. So you obviously you lost the business and leisure type, right? I mean, during yeah. the pandemic, right? Yeah. And so forty percent of the business is mainly driven by uh, uh, the search engines who go to you. That's correct. Okay, and then when the when the pandemic hit, uh, how are you able now to solicit or market clients to go to you or to come? Well, to you? Uh, now it's more easier on the part of the hotel because you only talk to uh, like. For example, for an isolation facility, you only talk with the different hotels, uh, different hospitals, and also the different uh, emergency operations center, the, the local government. For a quarantine facility, you only talk about OWA. You only deal with OWA. I see. I see. Yeah. And for returning overseas, normally they pass by uh, our website or also in the e-commerce, in our social media accounts. Okay. Talking about your social media accounts, this is what, that I'm, what I'm curious about. You know, I mean, you would think that many hotels are, are very digitally savvy, at least because they've had to have a good website. People have got to have a good booking site and, and you know, and, and that works for them. But apparently, I, I mean, I found out during this crisis that, that even big companies were not, were not ready for this one and they had to digitally accelerate their business. Can you tell us a bit more about, you know, I'm curious to find, find out long right now, pre-pandemic and then pandemic, what did you guys have to improve in terms of your digital footprint online? How did you, they often say, like, this crisis has forced you to digitally transform your business. What did hotels have to do? Or particularly, what did, what did Cebu Grant have to do to sort of like uh, adjust itself so that you, you could still compete in this, in this environment? Well, it's uh, what we did. It's when you're in social media, all your marketing now is on social media. Even your food menus should be on social media. Even your uh, hotels, you have to put in videos to really sell on social media. Because right now, it's all about social media. What we did in our, what innovations we did with the hotel is we had to do like the same as your, your line of business, cashless transaction, mm -hmm. more on um, booking online, more on, uh, um, how do you call this, sending out uh, messages, messages online, emails, once a guest comes in, they they should all book through a, an app already or a booking a website that can just plug and play you, you put on your you put all your information it goes straight to us so it's all about cashless cashless transaction no more uh, no more signature it's all online it's all digitalized and, and if, if this pandemic didn't happen i'm just curious if this pandemic didn't happen would the hotel have gone cashless anyway would it have done these videos anyway or or it was really this 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 sort of pandemic which had which made you consider this sort of like what would have been out of the box before for Cebu Grand. Well, uh, to tell you the truth, that's on the pipeline already. But it did, uh, that's in the pipeline. But with this pandemic, it accelerated even more. That's right. Many things accelerated for us. Like for myself as well, e-commerce. I would never thought I would have gone into that for Mercato because we're a live market, right? We rely on outdoor. Uh, right. vendors for conversion but all of a sudden we had to help our vendors vendors online so we had to work with now our, our turn to work with aggregators now because we didn't have to work with aggregators before but now yeah. we've got to work with aggregators and yours is the other way around because uh your, yours now is you were just working with with the uh, with one major client which is the overseas workers and welfare administration I, i'm just curious right now you know um in terms of the digital solutions how was was globe able to help you as well globe business able to help uh, cebu grand in its own way how, how did exactly did they, did they come into the picture were you just asking for more bandwidth uh or, or did they provide other sme solutions which you might not have been aware of which was very good when they when when you especially for this pandemic well yeah pre previously before the pandemic uh, globe was really uh has been really good with with cebu grand hotel We've been uh, getting all our bandwidth with Globe, all our cell phones with Globe, even the social, the digitalization, such as the cashless subtraction by Gcash, which has really 
helped a lot of people. And we also encourage our uh, guests to pay cashless already. And at the same time, um, there's a lot of uh, promotions that Globe is giving or offering to us in which uh, we are already considering them to get in the next uh, few months from now. Still thinking of what career is best for you? My name is Pat Soyo. Check out my podcast where we answer questions and debunk job descriptions by interviewing professionals so we can put an end to our career search. This is Job Defined. Available on wherever you listen to your podcast. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Uh, so it's been, it's been helpful to you at least it's in, in supporting and augmenting what you guys have been doing in terms of, of, of your of your strat of your overall strategy. So I'm glad to see that that's happening there. But um, I'm just wondering, um, Carlo, when we look at your business, I mean, you're lucky, Cebu. I mean, not lucky, but you you came at the right time. You thought of you know going to isolation quarantine facility. Is this the case for many of the other hotels in Cebu that they were able to pivot the same way that you have because? Here in Manila, it was a bit depressing for me a couple of months ago that me and my wife, you know, we went to uh, Makati Shangri-La Hotel, which is closed. We went there for the last night because we had a lot of, we had a lot of friends who, who worked for that hotel. I, I work in the, you know, hosting. I'm a hostess. So, you know, I yes. go there a lot and, and a lot of great memories over there. And there have been other hotels that have, that have closed as well because they could not be isolation and quarantine facilities or they, they weren't. How's, how, what's, your, what's happening to the other hotels there as well in, in Cebu? Are they just as fortunate or as opportune as you guys? Oh, well, um, in, in, in the association like HRAC, we, we tell, we, we share, we share them what's really the business. And uh, the business right now is really to go on quarantine hotels. We had, um, during the pandemic, the peak of the pandemic, well, uh, about 20% of the total uh, members closed. Even the restaurants were, were downsizing. But we tell them, you want to survive, open, and uh, just take the... The OFW market, it's one way for us to stay afloat, to maintain, and also not, you know, giving opportunities for our employees not to lose jobs. But how many hotels were able to make that shift? Because like you were telling me, 20% of the hotels closed down. Were these closures permanent or just uh, just for the meantime? Meantime, temporary. Because the they meantime. were like, uh, what are the opportunities we can get during this pandemic? It's, it's given. When the pandemic happened, all of us went into depression. Like, what do we do? We don't know what's next. But um, those uh, multinational hotels were doing so-so. They were not doing very well, but they're just doing okay to survive and to really uh, uh, not remove a lot of employees. That was the goal, especially with on my side, is that I don't want to, to downsize a lot. I want more, you know, to save my, my staff, to save my associates, at least it's... Uh, it's not a it's a not it's not a good time to really downsize and really uh, make a drastic decision. But again, we have to work together by uh, by doing innovation. My my impression lang, and correct me if I'm wrong, no Carlo, is that usually it's not the well the larger I would say the five star hotels could not do quarantine or isolation facilities because it might not be in what you call the brand equity or their their design. Yeah, so right. the, the the three to four star hotels. Could easily shift to that one because you know it, it, it's because their brand equity wasn't wasn't going to be put on the line. So they they're the ones who were able to make the quicker shift. But the larger, particularly multinational type hotels, were the ones that that might have been a bit more problematic with that sort of business pivot. A am I correct to assume that? Yeah, that's correct, RJ. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, so, oh yeah. Please please tell me more. I, I want to hear a bit more about that one. Yeah. Well, well for a three star hotel and especially if you're a local chain of hotels, it's easy for us to decide. When you're an international chain of hotels, it's really hard to decide as we have a head office. And uh, especially if you're an international, you really have to listen what the bosses will say and what, what they will do. But for a, a local chain and also uh, at the same time, like a local brand, it's easy for you to, to, to pivot your business right away. Have there been any hotels right now that have, you know, have unfortunately closed uh, for 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 good in in Cebu and were they, were they local were they foreign what, what's the uh, what, what's the picture there as we speak um, most most of the hotels international and local chains are now open they're just serving the the quarantine 
quarantine market and the ROF market. What's the ROF? Sorry, the ROF is uh, returning overseas Filipino. You mean to say that there's a large enough market size to get both isolation facility and also quarantine at the same time in Cebu? Uh, for there's a small niche. We're just talking about uh, five or six hotels that are doing quarantine and isolation. Since an isolation facility is a different ball game, you need, you need a doctor, you need a nurse, and all. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they say it's a higher expense, higher risk. But uh, on our side, it's uh, the risks were very high. But at the same time, it's fulfilling to see uh, a patient cured in your property of a uh, being an asymptomatic patient. And uh, most of the hotels here are all running for uh, quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarantine, those, okay. OFWs and also uh, returning overseas Filipino coming from the States or Europe who comes to, to Cebu to visit and uh, to, to visit their family. Okay, very interesting. And I've got uh, somebody watching from us, from watching from Bay Hotel Cebu. Hello, Alfred Reyes. Later, let's show us a comment. Watching from Bay Hotel Cebu, congratulations, Argila Desma, Carlos Suarez, and uh, Globe. Uh, my business. Dahang salamat, uh, Alfred, for watching us here right now. Much, much appreciated. Having said all that, no, I know that you were, you, I mean, it must have been a tough ship to steer, no, for you, because you weren't only wearing your hat as the sort of like the, the, the manager of, of your hotel, no, but at the same time, you were also the president of uh, the hotel restaurant and the uh, Restaurant Association of Cebu. Tell me about the, were you were you the president in when the pandemic hit? Is that is that right? Because that, but that must have been like wow, you know. That's it. It was uh yeah I, I was the president. I was it was my last term. Yeah, well uh, it's it's it was uh the pressure was on my side since I was uh it was the peak of pandemic. All the hotels do not know what to do. So we've been attending uh, the government government meetings also. Uh, We've been touch base with the national on really how to to overcome these uh, challenges that uh, that was arising with the COVID. So what we did with our members during my time is really just to update them on the latest government guidelines, give them direction on um, the best way to do to run the business during this uh, during this time. Uh, and, and you were saying earlier on, right, that you know there there was a there was a need to help digitize your own services in Cebu Grant, at least not just improving bandwidth, but also bringing many uh, of the members, uh, well, bring, bringing more of your services online. And I'm sure, you know, in, in the Hotel and Restaurant Association, there were people of different, you know, there were different levels uh, that they were, they were in terms of their digitalization journey. Uh, but you, I think you saw from the example of Cebu Grant that there was a need for everybody to get on board and I understand that the association is working right now with, with Globe Business. How exactly is Globe Business helping um, accelerate digitally many of the members of the Hotel and Restaurant Association of Cebu? Yeah, uh, currently I, I'm uh, I'm just sitting as a board. The the president now is uh, President Alfred Reyes. Globe, my business is really helping us in the association. You know, helping helping the local chain of hotels on how to go digital. What are the the the, the packages or what are the the benefits of going digital and with with globe being our partner with ashak which we are very happy about this this has been running for the last uh i would say more or less two to three years already it really opened the eyes of the local the three-star properties and especially the international chain of hotels i didn't know pala presidente pala si alfred ng ngayon eh. so Al- presidente alfred thank you so much for watching us uh, for for following us here tonight so just a question right now since you're working with with some somebody like globe business what did you see as the common denominator uh, among all the hotels no whether three or five star that they need the most help on when it came to digital transformation or digitalization? Well, I would share this one. During the height of pandemic, we've been now working with uh, Globe My Business to do different kinds of seminars, different kinds of online uh, trainings. It really helped the the members, especially those family-owned members, those are uh, who are not into, into the, digit, the e-commerce side of it. So when, uh, when we were doing seminars with Globe My Business, it opened their minds, opened opportunities for them to, to say, oh, I, I thought I'm, I was doing good already in my business. If I go online, uh, more sales will, will come to me or more you know, free marketing will come to me. So it really helped uh, HRAC. Just a question. In, in, the, in the HRAC, the Hotel Restaurant Association of Cebu, 
are they mostly what I would I wouldn't call mom and pop, but how many of them are like family-owned businesses and how many are like more, I guess, corporate run businesses that you have over there? I, I would say about 20% family-owned, local, local chain, Cebu. And, and were they mostly the ones that needed more help in digitalization, or was it both you you were seeing it was both family-owned and these corporate-owned? Mostly on the family-owned, since uh, they were not open to this uh, cashless transaction, they were doing traditional um, setup during the normal normal days, not the pre-pandemic days. So they had to really adapt to the new normal. Having said that, I'm looking at you right now, Cardo. I'm guessing that you belong to one of those family-owned companies. I'm Cebu Grand is a is a it's a I guess it's a it's a proudly Cebu chain, of course Cebu Grand, right? But you belong to a, a family chain, and you were able to pivot quickly and fix things up. What do you think made you particularly different from these other families? On the hotels that you were able to kind of you know pick up quickly on these digital pivots, digital changes that they weren't able to pick up on quite quickly. What 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 do you think made you different uh, in that in that aspect? Um, I I think it's because of uh, we were already exposed during the you know all this new social media's application, all, all the innovations that have gone a long way for the tourism side, and most especially uh, being. Uh, an ex-president of ASHRAC opened a lot of uh, opportunities for me on um, running running the business. Oh, great. So, parang ahead of time, you were just lucky that ahead of time, quite fortuitous, the timing was that you were you were president of HRAC, so you were able to at least sort of prepare yourself mentally for this pandemic. That's my guess. Lang. At least knowing yes, what yes. are the trends, knowing what, what to do. Is that right? Yeah. That, that's also one. And uh, previously, also, we, we already did some uh, innovations. But as I as I mentioned earlier, it's just fast track, you know. It went uh, from zero kilometers to maybe 25, 30, or 40, or 50. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Now, we, earlier on, before we started this podcast, we had a really interesting discussion because, you know, um, I, I worked for a family business. Uh, um, and and you know they often say that if you work for the family business, uh, and and uh, you're there, you're the CEO, child of owner, right, uh, running that business. And that's for my family real estate development business. But for you, naman, you were child, you are because uh, you are GCOO, grandchild of owner, yeah. right? That that that's basically how you were, how you came into this business. Now, really interesting story for you. I often tell people here, I, I like to hear about their entrepreneurial journey. And we all have different journeys, and your, your journey is a bit different also as well, being grandchild of owner coming into this business. But tell me a bit more about, uh, about Cebu Grand in particular. Um, Cebu is, is well known as a tourist destination, right? But then, you know, when you put up Cebu, when, when, when Cebu Grand was put up, how exactly were they trying to differentiate it? Because Andami Hotel in Cebu, what, what made your hotel different? What pain point were they trying to address? When the hotel was originally put up, well, other served uh, market. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, just to backtrack, um, we've been in the business for uh, 27 years already. When, when you uh, say we, you see, we, you see, we. the hotel, the Cebu Grand Hotel, has been in in business for 27 years. Okay. So uh, it was previously run by my grandfather. Then I I came home from uh, from my college. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, I'll step back a bit. Before your grandfather put it, so let's go back to 1994 when it was put up by your grandfather, right? I mean, was it a solo hotel? What, what was the did your did your grandfather just have a dream to become hotelier, or did they have a background in doing hotel business? Tell me a bit more about that that one as well. I hope you don't mind. Let's go back a bit more in history. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, well, the the, the family the family uh, 
previously has a hotel. It's a garden hotel called uh, Montebello before. And then uh, my, my grandfather was like, um, I'll, um, I'll leave minor shares and I'll make my own. So he made his own. So this is his property now. It's called Cebu Grand Hotel. So we've been here for 27 years. And when they put up Cebu Grand Hotel, what was it particularly that he wanted to do? I know, I know the desire sometimes if you work for a big family business and you're just part of it, you want to separate differentiate yourself. What was he trying to differentiate himself when he was putting up Cebu Grand? Was it uh, because of the location in, in, in a central business district? Was it going to be different, different difference in terms of service? Was it going to be different in terms of market that it would, uh, that it would cater to? What exactly was the difference that Cebu Grand was doing? When, when, you, uh, what do you think when, you, when your grandfather first put it up? Yeah, during that time, there was only a few hotels in Cebu back then. Okay. Uh, there was uh, one international hotel. I think back then it was called uh, Cebu Plaza and now it's called Marco Polo. So the market was not really saturated. So back then in 1994, you have only a uh, you know, few hotels that are around. So uh, during those days, it was really good. Good, uh, you know, when you come to Cebu, oh, only a few selection of hotels. But uh, in the next succeeding years, a lot of hotels are opening. Shangri-La open, Plantation open. This uh, big hotels slowly came into the picture. I see, I see. So really at the time, the opportunity of grandfather was that there was just an underserved market for hotels, for tourism in Cebu. And they, they need more, they just need more hotels. So at that time, he opened up really good opportunity, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I guess, looking back at the time, you were you were living in the. I guess you were you were living in the states. You were telling me, and then because of the demand, you, you needed to come home. Is that right? Ah, uh, yes. Um, well, uh, he he told me um, you have to come home and start helping the business. It it was uh it was a decision that after college, um, I was telling my grandfather if I can just work for a while, at least for experience before I come help you, and uh, he he uh, he agreed. So. That was the case. So I mean, it's it's a diff- I mean, there are many people also listening here right now who've been in your in your same shoes. Of course, you study yes. abroad. You're, there's the allure of working there for a bit before coming home, or sometimes getting stuck there. What made you want to come home? Was that feeling of that familiar response, familial responsibility, or was he offering you a, a great salary or, or or a good position? What 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 is a turning point for you to say, okay, I'll come home, uh, Lolo? When I was there, I was already uh, enjoying because you challenge yourself to really. Uh, to, to stay stay afloat but then uh, when they, when they told me um, you have to come home because your grandfather is a uh, is sick and um, that was the turning point there so I had to really decide and pack up and uh, go home when you when you came back home did you start off like sometimes they wanted to start them off from the lowest position <laughs> and you build yeah. yourself up so is that, yes, is that what happened to you yes 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 we had to start from from the bottom then you go up so, what when you came in? Concerge? What were you doing when you came in? Concerge muna, just to feel around. And uh, slowly, slowly go up. And uh, at least, I get to know the business. Okay. Uh, and this is an interesting story. You've been, in the, you've been with them 20 years. And then, I'm sure that hotels have multiplied in Cebu as a result, right? Ever since that time that your grandfather put it up. How exactly uh, are you able to make Cebu grand really stand out given that there's both competition locally competition i mean competition from from local hotels and also from foreign hotels how do you think you were able to make you guys stand out what what what, what continues to make um uh, cebu grand stand out across the other hotels well uh well with the competition now and again just double checking on the signal of uh, of of carla no it kind of it kind of dropped there just a bit carla if you can hear me uh, you're welcome to come back anytime. I, I think that's your signal here right now. But just to remind people uh, here is that uh, that you can, if you guys are interested to, to take up on the different solutions that he's come up with, no? uh, level up your business through Globe Business SMEs Digital Solutions. You can own the road to digitalization right now at the Globe Business Online Shop. I've got a very special code. Again, the code, you'll see it on the screen right now. It's uh, on the chat box. That's glbe.co slash mybizshop.rg. Again, that is uh, uh, glbe.co slash mybizshop-rg. Back to you, Carla. I can see you moving again right now. Well, again, it's really how to, to really pivot the business with all the challenges around, with all the, with all the different types of hotels, types of uh, opportunities different types of business models and all how do we stand out it's due to our uh, due to our um, experience 
running running uh, the business for 27 years at the same time the asset that we have in our hotel the different uh, opportunities we have in the hotel and the location because we're situated in the in the middle uptown area we're very near to the Cebu business district and um, the, the convenience uh, the, what we do in the hotel is uh, make you feel at home we want we want you to experience what Cebu hospitality is all about that we're all jolly and we're here to help out and um, we treat you as a family very interesting you were telling me about earlier that there's a unique brand of Cebuano hospitality can you actually concretize what do you mean by uh, Cebuano hospitality what makes it different from I guess Manileño hospitality or whatever if you go anywhere in the country is there something unique about the experience in Cebu oh uh, well well with the experience about Cebu uh, well in general Philippines we're very you know smiley person we're very happy and jolly and all in Cebu it's the same it's hospi- the hospitality in Cebu is the same what's different probably is the service the added service that we can offer to our customers I see I see now having said all this one this it's been a very interesting discussion that we've been going through here right now and uh, what actually really piqued my interest earlier on Carlo was how, you know, at, in, a, in three months to the game, you had to pivot to becoming that innovation quarantine hotel where actually your vacant, your, your occupancy is almost as high or even as higher uh, than it was pre-pandemic. So kudos to you guys and how you're managing Cebu Grand Hotel. But moving forward, Deba, uh, I mean, you sort of saw the silver lining in this pandemic uh, in, in managing your hotel. Moving forward, I'm sure that, you know, looking at this, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a hotel entrepreneur, that you still see some opportunities as you move towards the new normal and maybe even the next normal. What opportunities do you see opening up for Cebuano hospitality and tourism in general, even with this pandemic going on? Well, on a personal note, uh, when will be when will this pandemic be over? When can we slowly revive? I would say uh, maybe first quarter of next year or second quarter of next year. So what do we do? We, we are now doing our homework in preparing our property and also the market trends that will come along the way that would be made next year. Uh, since right now we're only doing quarantine and isolation prop, um, service, what do we do next year with all hotels, with all the new hotels that are open, the new international chains that are open? How do we market us ourselves? So um, the name of the game is really... Uh, you know, personalized service. Once all this pandemic is over, we go back to our ways, market it to Manila, market it online, social media, market it on our third-party uh, travel agencies. And uh, we, we go back to, to basics again. Really great to hear that, Carlo. But on top of that one, so we know that, you know, you're, you're, you're preparing again to open up uh, the hotel industry over there uh, for, for new people to come in. At the same time, you know, I, I, I like asking this question to all my guests, you know, that, you know, if you had the time, no, and you're, you're, you're taking a look at, you know, because like I said, you're part of your Hotel and Restaurant Association of Cebu. So you get to see opportunities in the hospitality industry, in the FMB, in the food and beverage industry, and in, in I guess, even in tourism in general, and Cebu in general, right? In terms of commerce, what are, you, what are the opportunities that you're also seeing emerging in terms of business that, you know, if you had the time and you weren't doing, uh, you, you weren't full-time on the business, you might engage yourself in those other businesses businesses as well. What are you seeing emerging that that's, that might be uh, a business that other entrepreneurs might want to get into in Cebu? Well, uh, well currently, what I'm well, what I'm doing now on the personal side is that we're in the in the hotel hotel uh, business. What do we do? What can we connect close to the hotel? So um, for for me, you know, a small uh, everybody wants to eat. So it's really a restaurant or a small pop up restaurant. Not a not a big scale, not a not a restaurant level. Just a pop up restaurant that can, or a cart restaurant that can uh, survive a long way and multiply right away. So, uh, well, just to share, um, we're we're offering uh, Japanese uh, to go food. Okay. Uh, for, for the meantime, uh, I am also doing that on the side. We have a Japanese sushi, uh, sashimi, uh, to go, and it's well. Moving, it's moving. It's not doing good, not uh, doing. It's not doing not great. Doing but okay. moving. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really great to hear, and I like the resilience that you've shown, uh, Carlo. Uh, because you know, I'm coming to this discussion. I was a bit worried actually, Sabiko, when 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 you know when you were discussing um, when I was going to guess, you was worried. What are they going to say? Isn't the hotel industry in dire straits right now? But I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that that you know you kind of changed my perspective on how to look at this industry right now 
And, and since you have this 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 forum to speak to other hoteliers across the country here right now, who are also, I mean, struggling with their, their own situation, um, what message do you have for the, your friends in, in the other hotel practitioners here right now? What advice have you gotten from the past couple of months that you wish that they could also take on so that they can continue to be resilient during this pandemic? Well, you know, there's our, uh, challenges are along the way. Um, with this pandemic, um, we don't see it ending soon. But mm-hmm. our dream is to, to really see uh, a finish line. But for us hoteliers or for us in the restaurant business, we have to innovate to survive. The goal is to survive this year and to, to stay afloat. To, to give opportunities for our people to work. And um, let's just focus on survival mode to make everybody happy. Let's just enjoy. It, it's not a business anymore. It's like about let's just enjoy what we're doing <laughs> to survive. I like that. Let's enjoy what we're doing to survive again. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got Carlos Suarez, General Manager of Cebu Grand Hotel and right now currently a Board of Trustees for the Hotel and Restaurant Association of Cebu. Thanks again for guesting over here right now. And again, thanks to our good friends from Globe Business uh, for joining us here as well. Again, level up your business through Globe Business SME's digital solutions on the road to digitalization at the Globe Business online shop. Again, I've got a very special code. That's glbe.co slash mybizshop-rj. And, uh, you know, for this week and maybe even for the next couple of weeks, we've got so many people who want to guest on the show right now. So we're coming up with more and more episodes Nathan, my producer, no, but hopefully I put in more work to you. But uh, this coming Thursday, we've got a really great talk coming up. We've got Andy Manyalak of Keller Williams and Habitas. He's known as the shark in real estate circles. Uh, he's a great sales guy. We also have got Joey Bondock of Colliers. Uh, he's Associate Director for Research, talking about you know real estate opportunities here in uh, southern Man- in the southern Luzon. Because you know, there's always like just like if you're listening to Carlo, there's always uh, silver line, there are always opportunities even in times of crisis and hopefully they'll share with us one of the great opportunities emerging as well in Southern Luzon during these very trying times. Again, Carlo, thanks so much for guesting here and thank you so much also to all the members who are listening in, of course, to the president of the uh, of uh, of the current H-Track Association. Thanks for listening, Mr. Alfred Reyes. Again, congratulations, restaurant owners of the Philippines and we'll see you this coming Thursday for the next podcast of the Argila Despa podcast. Again, guys, Take care, stay safe, stay well, and importantly, please, if you can, please do get vaccinated. But I'm Islanco. Have a good night. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.